So again, to the Buddha I go for refuge, to the Dhamma I go for refuge, to the Sangha I go for refuge. Mm, something you might have heard many times, so many times it just becomes another piece of you know, rapping. That was a really pretty powerful statement though. I mean, note the word refuge. <laughs> mm, that's the way it's always been. The heart needs refuge. Yeah, we kind of assume that we are all, all powerful, all conquering human beings, dominant species, technologically advanced, slaughter things, whatever we like, impunity. You know, we got that that sort of impression, and we tend to be fed upon that. We can do, we can do, we can do. You know, aim for the highest progress, get what we want, and so forth. This is the dominant undercurrent message. And actually, we look inside your heart. A lot of times, you just you just need refuge. You just want something to wrap around you and give stability and comfort and reassurance and uh, clarity. It's not, you know. Uh, so this is our this is our awakening. In a way, our, our awakening begins with that acknowledgement. Uh, that we need, and also that it is available. Mm. It is available. Mm. Not because of anything about you personally. If you can listen to your heart, you can tune in, if you can follow instruction, it's available and you need it. Mm. Yeah, when, so when things are good, you don't think you need it. <laughs> but... You need it all the time, <laughs> yeah. Uh, to just keep things guided straight, because of this flooding influence. Mm. Yeah, the flooding influence first, obvious, well, fundamentally, sense consciousness floods us with sights and sounds. But predominantly, with ideas, uh, notions, uh, attitudes. Mm which uh, the mind consciousness is the most powerful of all of them. And with this uh, flooding, uh, often the reality of it is a certain loss of autonomy. We may think we're in charge and doing what we want. And, you know, and actually, can you stop it? Yeah. Does it get you what you want? You know? Is it really coherent with how you're living or are you just living a kind of a life that's based upon ideas what other people do or social models that you can't really achieve? And therefore you feel you're not good enough because you're not able to fit into the current of the flood <laughs> to be successful, wonderful, attractive, confident, on the ball, da 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 yeah. And so there's something wrong with you? No, nothing wrong with you. It's the flood. It's delusion. And you can't actually fit it. <laughs> so one of the awakening moments is a recognition of, of you know, uh, you don't really belong in this. That's why it doesn't work. But while while I was in it, there's a sense of the loss of autonomy. It's taking one away from a place where you would feel perhaps stable, balanced, open, 
assured, comfortable in the present. And it's loss of autonomy. There's also you know, a loss of responsiveness. That is, our responsive tend to be programmed in accordance with the nature of the flood. Put it for example, the technology moves you along at its speed. The traffic moves you along at its speed. The uh, tube train moves you along at its speed. The uh, lift doors open at their speed. Everything moves at its speed, and you have to run, move in accordance with that. So you get kind of entrained to a system uh, process. The systems are run automatically and according to particular what aims. Get there fast, uh, hyper. And it's become so normalised that we don't maybe even recognise this is just normal life. It's actually hyper because when you stop and pause, you feel all this kind of banging around, you know, inside of stuff. Remember, do this, then you sort of can you sit quietly? Can you discharge that energy? Or is it still pushing and just going in different directions? Can you discharge energy? And this is very important. and mostly systems don't allow discharge time. And so, like, therefore, we start to basically burn out. Yeah. So we're going to say to hyper, and the burnout is hypo. We just feel lassitude, lethargy, exhausted. Uh, uh, and therefore, with that slightly depressed state, can't make it, haven't got the juice, and then the need to thrust into activity to keep up with the movement of the system. <laughs> the system's not your system. <laughs> you know, we may be moved along since uh, Stone Age human beings, but the wiring is the same nervous system, we haven't mutated. So actually we're carrying the same sort of neurological wiring and reflexes as our Stone Age ancestors did, but now we're running, you know, a thousand volts more down the system. So hyper. Um, We may think this is unavoidable, necessary. Um, But there's a considerable price to pay. I was reading an article of someone who said the idea of switching the phone off for 10 minutes was like out of this world. Like like 600 seconds of no input. I mean, where am I? 600 seconds of no input? Maybe three, but not 600. (laughs) That's the system. You've been trained to that. And I suppose also with that, there's no question of the matter. One's attention is therefore steered in that direction, and where we get more of the same message. Your attention is towards those instructions, signals, beeps, urges that confirm the same message, and you keep you on the same track. Yeah. And with this, there's a considerable loss of receptivity because we're not opening to other things, wider things. We're not opening to nature. We're not opening to breathing. 
our own bodies, we lose those. Um, deeper meanings like life and death, what's it all about? <laughs> what I'm here for? Um, you know, we lose receptivity to these very profound and essential meanings as human beings we should be continually attentive to. Any one of us could drop dead tomorrow. So, like, what, what's this all about? And so we lose receptivity to that deeper thing. We even lose receptivity to what we're doing. We kind of, oh, I've forgotten this. Oh, sorry about that. Excuse me. I didn't really, oh, I didn't really listen. Um, you know, and receptivity to other people. We become insensitive um, and self-obsessive. You know, that is my stuff is this what's happening around me other people is only sort of 20 percent aware very common and you may think you take it all personally but it's the nature of the of the flood of the overload does that to people does that to the human mind right and in that particular process and channel we receive a considerable amount of data and messages that uh, seemingly inform us, but actually form us. <laughs> they don't just inform, but they form. Yeah. And we become part of that. And then we pass it on and put our, put our energy into that. You have to bear in mind the fundamental thing that you have, you're never parted from, is your intention, your your movement, your action, right? That's yours. Where you put it should be up to you. That's your treasure. And yet so often we're spending it on what? Where our intentions, where our actions, where our motivations go? Are they actually enriching you, satisfying you, widening you, deepening you? Or are they just keeping the show rolling? And it's an important question to ask because this is where we can withdraw. We can say, nope. And I think if we look at this in a big picture, yeah, you know, if a considerable proportion of the population just say, nope, we're not having that, I'm not doing that, the system basically <laughs> changes, you know. And we can see with COVID, suddenly, oh yeah, we do this, we do that, and then then suddenly we can't do this and we can't do that. Oh, all that was essential that we had to, had to go to work, had to do this, had to do that, got to do this. Suddenly COVID says, no, you're not. And it's that moment when you can realise, hey, that which seems so <laughs> essential and normal and had to is not. Where am I? Where am I in my in my heart? Where am I in myself? It's, it's an uncomfortable messenger, COVID. It's a grim messenger. Uh, it's not the but the Buddha said death and dying is a messenger, uh, and this is just one big example of it. And it suddenly says to you, "What are you doing? All that you felt you belonged to, owned, were capable of, had to do." Mm. suddenly that's been knocked out of play. Where are you? What, what's it all about? 
And then perhaps one begins to realise if you don't have the resources, you can be in deep trouble. If you don't have the inner resources, you get depressed, restless, anxious, angry, and so forth. So then we're seeing the validity of this internal cultivation. So loss of autonomy. Autonomy is important, isn't it? You can be authentically, you know, not just swept along, just standing on your own feet. That's important, isn't it? Uh, your uh, actions, are they uh, taken over? Yeah. Your actions taken over by other forces? So you're running faster than you should be, the wrong direction. Mm. Is your attention mesmerized? Mm. Mm. And are you are you losing receptivity? Mm. This ability of the mind to be open and listening, is it so full and so agitated it doesn't can't do that? Or to what extent? These are very important memos. Right on your, stick on your fridge door. Yeah. Autonomy, personal engagement, why engage with action, and also receptivity. Can I turn it so I can turn on a dime, as they say, I can listen to that? Or is it just completely held? You can only pick up this message. Now the fundamental mm, tool, it's not, uh, there's no, we don't use just one dumb at all, but we use many, but what I'm suggesting is the one I'd like to highlight this occasion is a quality called Yoniso uh, Manisikara, uh, excuse the Pali, it's a very, uh, but it's an exceptionally uh, rich and meaningful term, Yoni source origin. The womb, uh, that which is you know, the source, manas, attention, kara, fashioning, making, making your attention go to the source, yeah. turning your attention to the source, both the source of your actions, where you're coming from, and also perhaps the source of your being. Mm. And this is a, this is an exceptionally uh, it's an agile quality. Uh, it's not intellectual, though we can we can use our intellect. Um, but it's also entering into the domains of heart um, and also the domain of body. How does this feel in my heart? And even perhaps more deeper than that, or more, how does this feel in my body? Yeah, because, uh, and this one's a very important question, because generally systems, automatic systems, deny the body, trivialize the body, take you out of the body. 
The body is just the kind of case that you have your thoughts inside and you throw it around to get to work. Or maybe you do some yoga in the evening to kind of stretch it out a bit. Uh, yeah. And there's a kind of fiendish <laughs> logic to that, because if you take people out of the body, there's a good chance you'll take them out of the heart as well. You know, people can be very brutal, cruel, dogmatic, hard-hearted, narrow-minded, and believe it, it's all true and right and necessary. Uh, If you go into your body, you can feel the tension, the constriction, the hardening, the agitations. Something wrong here. Something wrong here. Your heart, your body acts as a refuge. It protects your heart from your thoughts and attitudes, which are not necessarily yours. We've all been educated, or you could say indoctrinated. So our thoughts psychologies, uh, attitudes are not necessarily our own. We learn a language and we believe it. Chattering away, that's me. When you come into your body, your body doesn't do language like that. You feel steady. You feel comfortable, not right. Not right. And so this acts, it's not that, often the body is not that necessarily that clear. We can't tell you exactly, we can tell you not right, not comfortable, not secure, not here. And then you've got to start looking into what are the heart qualities that are taking you out. Heart gets turned towards the thinking process, the idea process, the sense realm, and it gets drawn out into that. And uh, practice is to withdraw from that, to get our feet on the ground, open that up, stabilizing that, begin to clear the residues, these agitations and imbalances there, so we can listen more clearly again to those signals and say, "Mm -hmm, nope, nope. Not now. Not now. That one I follow. You've got some autonomy. You've got some... You're able to make meaningful decisions that are authentic. Mm. 